You're listening to Podhaven. It's just dawned on me I should probably face the microphone. <laughs> Turn and face the microphone. Should you change it? Guys, 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 guys. Yes. Did you guys ever play Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald? I played Those Emerald games. a bit. You played Emerald. Okay. <laughs> Did you? Are you are you aware of the mythology behind those games? I know that there's a big old blue boy who's wet, <laughs> and there, there's a redman. In the magma time, and there's a big old green dragon friend who sort of just sort of happens at the yes, end, well. and I don't think was ever really like. I mean, you get him, but like, I don't. I'm not sure where he fit in the whole dynamic. Like the whole. I can explain. I can explain. Okay. What it is is that Groudon and Kyogre are the primordial beasts of land and sea. Mm-hmm. They are the, the progenitors of the two. And they're constantly at war with each other because one wants to expand the land and one wants to expand the ocean. Yeah. And the only thing that can uh, keep them in balance is Rayquaza, who is the god of the sky. Um, now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's true. Oh. Oh. Except that, yeah, no, like, it's actually, they base it on reality. But the okay. problem is that they changed, They kind of embellished it a bit to fit into their cool monster world. Okay. Well, With the monsters who live in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, because... Well, I think he should just introduce himself. I've got one of the progenitor gods here. Ooh, He's coming excellent. in now. He's coming in now. <laughs> Hello! I'm Brian, you're the Daniel of the it's an honor to uh, to make your acquaintance. I created the seas. <laughs> you 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 sound like it. You sound like you did certainly. Yeah, uh, it turns out that it's a trinity of elemental fuckboys. Oh no! Uh, well, so we got. Uh, you realize what you've the... done, Elodie? You've given us the title within the first three minutes. Yeah, I mean, really, you should maybe like let us think on it a little first, but you're straight in there with the best possible title of this episode before we yeah, even had a chance relent- to really no, get stuck in. any of us say the rest of this episode is going to be funnier than that concept. <laughs> it's, you've blown our best joke right at the start. God it's, it's, damn it. It's true, though. Brian I mean, it is true. This is, this is all real things that are happening in real yeah. life. Brian Neal created the oceans, and... Uh... Uh, his mortal enemy, Landon, the Brandon of dry land. <laughs> I I didn't bring him in because bringing the I two like... of them together. Is Incidentally, a bad idea. I do like the implication there that other Brandons live in the ocean. Usually, <laughs> he's the the Brandon of dry land, and, the, and there's the Daniel of the deep. The Daniel of the deep. <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, and then the mediator god is Skykel, the Michael of the air. Uh, who that also can be here today? The best one. He's he's busy up in he's busy up in the sky at the moment. Oh, well, the sky's real big. I can understand. Yeah. There's a lot of sky out there. I can see why uh, he he wouldn't be, I, wouldn't it be easy to for him to just show up. It's real big up there. I could only get one of them in today, but I just thought it'd be interesting to note that part of video game history. Yeah, because mm. they they based it on these real progenitor gods that who also happened to be fuckboys, who uh-huh. were very offended that the Pokemon equivalents to them were not fuckboys. Specifically that they were not fuck... Not that their whole legend and, you know, sort of got embellished for this company to profit from. Yeah. But so, rather so much, that yeah. they were not fuckboys. I'm a capitalist! Blah, 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 blah. It's not so much then that they're making money from their likeness without, without credit, it's that they're not representing it accurately. That's what's upsetting them. I respect the grift! Blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's a capitalist and respects the grift. Yeah, that's what that's what game we didn't know. Recognize game. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm gonna uh, just take a second here and apologize in advance. My headphones are fucked and currently held together with duct tape and packing tape very precariously, and one of the ears just fell off. So I'm just gonna hold it in place with my hands and hope for the best. Aren't we all? <laughs> Under the sea! <laughs> Under the sea! Blah, 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 blah. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me! Blah, 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 blah. Oh. I'm the Daniel of the deep, and I like to go to sleep. <laughs> He's fallen asleep. He's just fallen asleep. He's like just curled up in that second and just went instantly to sleep. I've never seen anything like it. Does he have some kind of narcolepsy? I don't know, but he's he's asleep. He's, what he's, what he's got, with... Martin, is follow through. He's curled <laughs> up with General Grievous in the corner now. Oh, is General Grievous still there? Yeah. He's still... <laughs> okay. He's been there the entire time. I was wondering, because there was an abundance of, like, well, an absence, I suppose, of people's lightsabers making a fine addition to his collection. So uh, I guess this is the explanation. He's been out yeah. of action. Yeah, he's, he's been asleep in the corner. Everyone's just asleep, got but... their own lightsabers now. I mean, I've been looking forward to be able to keep mine to myself for a while. I'm tired of just having to constantly add them to his collection, fine or otherwise. I want to enjoy my fine lightsaber. Welcome to the Indie Heaven Podcast, Hello. a video games podcast hosted by me, your host, Elodie Gunny. I'm joined by... I'm Josh Rivers. And I'm Martin Bryson. Hello again. I like. I, I like how. Oh no! <laughs> I was going to say I like how very much as was my experience uh, playing Pokemon Emerald, that whole conflict just sort of resolved itself quietly, and we moved on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't really need to be involved in this. You're just sort of hanging around, yeah. letting this sort itself out. These two big god things will just flash at each other for a bit, and then... And then you can make them live in a tiny house for a while. (laughs) Live in a little house, you fucks. Yeah, just get in my house. Strap me to my my belt. Do it today. Pokemon is quite blasphemous, if you really think about it. It It's such as the hubris of man that we would cage gods and make them fight for our own entertainment. 
I was watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina recently, and the very last episode of the new season has a very Pokemon-like moment, which made me laugh uproariously when I saw it. Oh. And I, I shan't spoil it for those that haven't seen it and still want I to. I haven't. But it is, it has, it, you'll know the moment when you see it, and it's funny. Well, well. Oh, do you know what I got? Do you know what I got? What you got? I got this book. I got a new book. It's right here. It's called The Warlords of Carrick Eight Peaks. It's it's a collection of older Warhammer books, and one of the books is called Scar Snake. Oh, and it's the entire life of Scar Snake. The uh... a biography of Scar Snake. Yeah, it's a biography of Scar Snake the Goblin, notable for his best friend, Gobla. The big squid oh, that, that died tragically, as we discussed. Yeah, heroically. Uh, yeah, heroically, exactly. Yeah. Went down in legend. Those brave well, it's, squigs. It's not everything because it is like up until the the point of the main stuff beginning. Obviously, mm. it doesn't include the end times things. But the book also has Head Taker, which is about Queek Head Taker, who's the Skaven man. Uh, it has some other stories in it too. So that's a fun, cool thing that I got. Things talk well at Twitter dot com. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell at Jack about it. Do it. Do hey, it Jack. now. Pay attention, Jack. Yeah, stop allow, stop being busy allowing Nazis on your platform and come and look at this. He can't. He's too, it's he's a too better busy use his... of your time yeah. than allowing Nazis on your platform, as shown by science. He's too busy being intentionally eaten by mosquitoes and walking five miles to work every day in barefoot. You know. I hate him. Because... Because that's making a point, I guess. He's living a pure and in, in, in enlightening lifestyle. I, I, I chose to get mosquitoes on me now. Give me good boy points. Well, the mosquitoes ate them all, so now you don't get any. You don't get any, because the, the mosquitoes ate all your good boy points, Jack. Yeah, so what are you going to do now, Jack? Suck on the fucking air, you... Tip Viper. So Notre Dame burned down this week. It yes, did. it did, and there has been mm. discourse. But yeah, uh, a lot of discourse, and yeah, and like I, we can't get into it here. No. But nah. there's some video really game related it. stuff. All I will say is like it's fine to be upset about it, and like yeah, I think that I think that it is kind of a sad thing because it was an amazing building and stuff but people who are like oh that's a good building and it's okay that Grenfell Tower fell down because that that one was a bad building with with poor people in it that one didn't have stained glass Mm, they can get fucked because like I'd rather Notre Dame burned down than like one person got burned alive in their house yeah i mean it's not even it's not even a question really like if we're talking about priorities obviously i'd prefer no buildings burned down before anyone fucking starts but like i'd prefer that notre dame hadn't blown down but as it did like it says something that that's what got resolved yes and speaking of things getting resolved a lot of people a lot of rich people put a lot of money into its restoration. A lot of rich people who have abstained from doing so with things like Grenfell Tower. Hmm. Yes, which kind of shows you their priorities. And one of the things that happened is that Ubisoft, 
I don't think they're particularly soft. No, they're not. They're certainly not that soft. They're all. They're they're, they're honestly pretty pretty rough in places, uncomfortable yeah. even. You yeah. be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame that we already picked out a title because that's a very good one. Oh, it's I know. It's a good. shame we can't it's... reserve them for other episodes. You, I feel like you, see, what, you see what happens, Elodie. <laughs> you see what happens when you start bringing in these wonderful characters, these wonderful, memorable characters on the IndieHavenPodcast.com. Be less funny, Elodie. <laughs> You're ruining not everything. A website. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. Wasn't suggesting more. I'm not sure why I said that, but. It's in there now, and I'm not going to retract it, because I'll look like a coward. Okay, so, uh, I've got... The website I'm on is one I've never heard of, and honestly sounds awful. It's called PR Week. Oh, that does sound bad. Yeah, I don't like PR. Um, PR's not great. But this, uh, this article by Diana Bradley. Ubisoft donates to Notre Dame after Assassin's Creed becomes centre of rebuilding conversation. And if that wasn't a wild fucking sentence... Oh, it really was. That's... Yeah, hmm. there's, there's, there's something for everyone there. <laughs> now, I, yeah. I only actually caught wind of this round at the tail end. What exactly went on? What happened is, for one thing, Ubisoft gave away Assassin's Creed Unity on Uplay for a bit. Hmm. Uh, right. It, and also... Uh, Donating to the restoration of Notre Dame, which, like, to be honest, the Catholic Church don't need it. No, but the Catholic Church are also, were also infamous for refusing to fund refurbishments for Notre Dame for a long, long time. Yeah. In fairness, uh, yeah, they well, uh, they had been we'd been like requests to refurbish and rebuild for years and years, which they consistently ignored. Yeah, but I mean, like, at this point, there's no chance it wasn't going to get funded. But all yeah, these yeah. rich people could have put their money to better things. Up. I had also read, yeah. and I, I can't confirm how true this is, that they were uh, offering their consultants um, they used for yes. creating the cathedral. Yes, as, uh, as to, the to title said, it yeah, becomes, yeah. The, yeah. the game becomes centre of rebuilding conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. A lot of places talked about how it could hold the key to rebuilding Notre Dame since it has a realistic 3D model. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Oh, apparently it was created by artist Caroline Muse. Oh, uh, but Ubisoft themselves said that they're not currently involved in the reconstruction, but they'd be happy to lend their expertise in any way they could. Yeah. Uh, expertise. And uh, they have seen it. Yeah. Well, th- that in itself is bizarre. And this article continues to say that um, Second Life have okay. also uh, that apparently. On their official Twitter, talked about how uh, members were showing up in an in-world replica of the uh, cathedral um, uh, in solidarity. Okay. And uh, right. Second Life's official Twitter is uh, putting out information about how you can donate to help rebuild Notre Dame, and you shouldn't donate. You don't need but to. Second Life want you to. Put that money through something more valuable where that needs it more. Notre Dame does not need it. IBM's giving money. L'Oreal's giving money. There's a there's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So it's something I question their judgment now about what is and is not worth it. Uh, there is one other twist in this tale. Oh. This is another that. highly bizarre thing. Is that 
a reverse review bombs happened. Um, okay. Review so... bombers went and positive review bombed Assassin's Creed Unity to show how much they appreciated. Oh my god! Ubisoft giving some money to a to cathedral. The yes. <sighs> Can we? It's gone gamers. from having mixed reviews to very positive reviews. This was the same game, um, the exact same game that had the controversy where they, uh, because they refused to make a female character model because they claimed they didn't have time to make the extra resources needed, which everyone correctly mocked them for at the time. Are we all forgetting that now? Uh, we like them now because they gave lots they, of they money make, to They the gave big money church. to a big, big old church build it so that people can look at it, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure... Do they still do church things in there? Is it like they a, do, yeah. Usable churching space. Yeah. The whole situation's bizarre. It's really. I don't know. Like, it's. Like, it, I don't. I'm not over the moon about any of it. But, like, I just so don't have the energy. You know? Just everything. Mm. You know, with it's... everything else that's fucked right now, this just seems like another thing. Yeah, it would just seem like another thing to me if I didn't personally know people who are kind of emotionally affected by it, because yeah, um, specifically people who are from Catholic backgrounds and also poor backgrounds. Notre Dame kind of represented a place that was uh, important to their faith, but separate from the Vatican. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from a Catholic background myself, and I grew up pretty poor. And there's, yeah, I can definitely connect with that your experience of that. There, it's it's hard to. I mean, I could, yeah, I could definitely say that's it's a thing that happened. It's maybe something we're thinking about, and that's kind of the end of it. But there's a lot of people I know personally who are very affected by it, like in a way that's a little a little strange to me, but um, which I I guess I'm not entirely surprised by. And I think that's fine, and I wish that people wouldn't muddy the waters with crit when they're criticizing the pe- the billionaires who are pouring all their money into this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when they should have been putting that money to actual human needs rather than just a building yeah, yeah. I, I the people who are extending that criticism to anyone who cares about it, yeah. That's that's where I kind of fall off because like people have their reasons to care about these things. Just because mm-hmm. you don't care doesn't mean that nobody has a legitimate reason to care. And it's not just like oh we like the big building and everyone says they like it, so we will also say we're sad. Some people do actually care about this. Yeah. Like you know, I I will happily say that this, this is not something that I care about. That's not to like take away yeah. from anyone who does. Yeah. This is just me saying like this. This means nothing. It's really just an explanation. It's an explanation for why I don't really have much to say about it. And I feel like, you know, let's not forget the billionaires who are putting money towards restoring it. They could quite easily do this and give money to all of the other causes that are actually saving. Like they're billionaires. Yeah, like they, yeah. they they didn't need to not put money into this. It's just the fact that they suddenly have money for this. 
it's it's like it's one of those things that really puts into mind like a lot of people struggle with the scale of being a billionaire like what that means in practical terms that's really hard for most people to visualize or to kind of hmm. understand what it is but like they could do things that you would blow your mind with that kind of money and they could do it several times over without ever struggling it is very um yeah, that that money was available for this, not just that it was available, but it was available so quickly and without really any uh, catches involved or any kind of uh, strings attached to it. It 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 really does say so much about what they do and why. Yeah, and the the, the naked uh, cynicism of the move is very on the surface. And if this was something I was more emotionally invested in, I would probably feel pretty upset about that being about it being used for that. Yeah. Mm. And there's there's been a whole there's been a bit of a thing where uh leftist YouTuber Peter Coffin mm-hmm. put out a tweet about how well, to put it into layman's terms about how this whole event is gonna be used to increase people's social standing who are rich people's social standing, they're just going to use the fact that they can put money into this to make themselves look good. The way they phrased it was that was a lot of jargon about social capital and alienated labour and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And people didn't really engage with that the, the actual points because they were making fun of the way that they put it. But I think that it is a legitimate criticism and it is a legitimate observation yeah i mean that is it's a hundred percent right because mm-hmm. at that the the time that they put the tweet out none of this had really started happening with all the places pledging all their money towards it yeah uh it was a prediction and then it all came true but people were still just kind of making fun of them for the way they said it yeah. i did see that tweet and i uh, saw some of the tweets that were uh I guess you, I guess you could politely call it responding um, to that. Some of the ones I think you're referring to, and I don't necessarily want to like highlight that right now. I don't think that's really the point. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think you're absolutely right. It's and as someone who does follow Peter's work somewhat, not super closely, but uh, I have been watching their stuff on and off for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what what they said is completely in keeping with what with the the things they usually say the way that they say it and it 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 was some clumsy phrasing but it's no worse than you see anywhere else for any other thing just like this and if you have an understanding of academic language and how that works you you recognize some of those flubs people make and how they use them but it's ultimately not that important and the contribution of the conversation shouldn't be overshadowed entirely by that and using that as a way to dismiss the contribution is really bad faith discussion it's not yeah it's not and exactly, like a yeah. lot of people who i generally respect were involved in this kind of piling on of well it, it, when i yeah when i saw that it, it felt a lot like some people had an, an axe to grind that really had little to do with the topic at hand yeah yeah and the way that the way that peter goes about twitter can come off as quite confrontational a lot of the time yeah yeah they're not uh they're they're not necessarily the most diplomatic person on there yeah and like i i get i get it i think i'd get annoyed with some of the things that i say too 
And I, I, I like Peter. I like Peter Coffin. But, like, I think there are legitimate criticisms to the way they go about things. But people aren't really... It doesn't feel like people are doing that so much as just kind of trying to dunk. Well, as as, as, as Peter themselves would have put it, 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 it feels a lot like trying to leverage this for getting attention for your own self, for, for your own position. Yeah, you're All looking at this as a, capital, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're you're trying to develop. I'm trying to avoid using the terms they use so that well, we don't, I, I we don't then have to explain them know. later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's basically what I mean. Yeah, it's the idea that yeah. they're trying to leverage uh, someone else's mistake as a way to gain social capital, by which we mean a lot of attention for themselves that they can then use to draw attention whenever they want. Yeah, yeah. You uh, see it done the... all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the only reason I bring it up is just because I think that. On that count, Peter was absolutely right, and I just think that people... It's an important part of the discussion to bring up, and it's exactly what Ubisoft are doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's they not even... Made... Yeah. I don't think it's a controversial statement to say that. I think it's pretty obvious yeah. what, what Ubisoft yeah. are doing here. Yeah. Ubisoft are doing this because it makes them look good, and it's obviously working, as seen by the whole positive review bombing thing. Yeah. Um... Like that's it's working scarily well, actually. Yeah. Like this is that's actually kind of a fucking terrifying precedent to set. Like, I don't know. Like there was something because there was something less insidious when it was negative review bombing. Like that just looked petty. This is like corporate marketing, PR types exploiting, using a tragedy to exploit this. Well, I don't even know that they're necessarily deliberate knew this was definitely going to happen but like it's certainly demonstrating the effect they were going for and so this sort of like this already toxic behavior has sort of been mm-hmm, turned mm-hmm. and perverted in the service of this corporate pr's yeah. stunt yeah and because yeah, we, 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 we reached the point yeah where traditional review bombing is just kind of viewed by most people as another childish gamer tantrum and no one really takes it yeah. seriously anymore it mm. doesn't usually affect much of anything I mean, there was a point where people would report a lot on it and it would be something that would get a lot of attention and uh, you'd get some unscrupulous developers deliberately trying to antagonize people to get attention that way, but that, that kind of stopped working. Yeah. And now the only people who do it are the kind of are the exact same kind of people who burn their Nikes in protest and no one really takes them very seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got the reversal of this situation now where they realize that if they reverse it, they can actually get more people on side. So you get the same people doing this positive thing that they think represents something they believe in. And you got all the other people who are trying to support them because they think it's an ethically good cause and they want to be seen to be a part of that. And it's, uh, yeah, it does this thing of where it bypasses the barriers that people have built against that kind of behavior by making it seem yeah. like it's harmless. Yeah. But it's incredibly manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason I brought up Peter's thing at all is just that I think that they were on the money, and I think that that's something people should have engaged with. And mm. a lot of people are just using this as an opportunity to say that everybody who cares is just making up. I d- yeah, and <clears throat> that isn't that isn't what Peter was saying when they said that. And they even followed up with a second tweet saying that they have absolutely no problem with people who actually care about this, and like they're not gonna try and say who does and doesn't care but corporate interests don't care about things and this is going to be used for corporate interests because it's a big thing 
and everything that is big and well known is used for corporate interests. It's one of those things I think, uh, and this kind of touches on a sort of semi-related topic that I, I kind of did want to talk about at some point, maybe not today because it may go off on a bit of a tangent, but uh, it's something I maybe want to touch on as well. A tangent? <laughs> on the I know, how unlike us. We're, we're usually so focused. <laughs> um, it's not like we have an entire spin-off podcast just about tangents now. Uh, Don't bring it up, you might invoke it. Oh, it's no. Tim Curry's birthday. Oh, it is uh, Tim oh, Curry's yes. birthday. Tim Perhaps Curry times. We should get him a delicious cheese pizza. Um, <laughs> was that too much of a deep cut? Did that one come off? No, <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've got no idea what you just said, but I'm delighted by it. <laughs> uh, sorry, where was I? Shit, I totally forgot what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Tim Curry cheese pizza. I. I Tim Curry cheese pizza has just replaced everything in my brain. Yeah, now. okay, so that's what the conversation is now. Um, oh, God, I was going to say something and I forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll have to wait till next time. Okay, um, moving on before I embarrass myself <laughs> any further. <laughs> okay, so here's what it was. I think I remember now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's, let's, let's get this car kick started again. Um, it was about how we tend to view personhood of corporations that it's already pretty much a well-known fact that legally speaking yeah corporations do have legal personhood in a lot of places in the world not everywhere but mm -hmm. a lot of places um and a lot of how pe people view corporations doesn't necessarily tie to that but when it comes to creative studios like we get with video games people do tend to personify them when you yeah. talk about the creative output of a studio and particularly the aesthetic that they prefer you talk about it as if you're talking about an artist when it's a large group of, of dozens, in some cases even hundreds of people, all collaborating on one project, and you treat it as if it's a singular entity. So you then, which is easier to do when you're talking about a creative output, because people are very emotionally attached to those things, and they want to be able to say, here is the person I thank for the thing I like. And you can't do that as easily with the collaborative process. I mean, with films, people use an auteur theory to do this they talk about directors in that same effect in that same way but mm. even though film is itself also a very very collaborative medium with lots of different people all contributing in different ways video game studios are much the same but we don't really have a director in a lot of cases yeah you do get a few you get like your your kojimas and such but um yeah in most cases they don't have the big name directors they have david cash <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got you've got your david cash who has to be the uh i don't know guess the tommy Wiseau of uh Anyway, my best uh, friend really likes Detroit Become Human. That's oh, a shame. I mean, we all make yeah. mistakes, I guess. Yeah. No, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah. <laughs> when, when it comes to personifying these studios, uh, that that they're much much easier for people to do that with creative studios, the things that you know, studios that work on creative projects like video games, especially popular art, which people become very attached to. So yeah. when they do things like this, it bypasses the defenses a lot of other people have. And they say, well, Ubisoft is doing a good thing. Ubisoft, therefore, is good. But Ubisoft isn't doing anything. Ubisoft is not a real thing. It's a name given to an organization. They can't feel anything. They can't have intention. Yeah. So, when, so when Peter Coffin, for example, talks about uh, how they're not judging what people feel like, and about this or deciding who does or doesn't feel genuine that doesn't contradict what they then say about corporations because corporations are not people they can't feel anything they can't do anything so when a corporation and, and, and it's 
presence as a corporation does something, they don't do it for any reason other than the perpetuation of itself, which is the only reason that it exists. So that, that it, to, to be, it's not necessarily cynical to say that, it's realistic. So that is itself an understanding, kind of a, lot, a big problem I think a lot of people have to deal with when it comes to understanding the corporate culture around video games. That's kind of the thing I always go to whenever uh, you get a situation where sort of like a corporation does something that, like, well, it's, it's usually that they've done some big fuck up. Uh, but then people like jump to defending them because it's oh no, but they've they have been good before. They've done good stuff. They're really I made sorry. Vibdio uh, game I like. Yeah, and it's actually it's actually kind of a thought that I've had about about Warframe. <laughs> is the, back on the Warframe train? Because <laughs> it's like because they did do. I said in the uh, the video that I did ages and ages and ages ago that they did. There is stuff in Warframe that I feel like wouldn't be in there if the people making it didn't care about the thing or were being cynical. But it's like you know, all this stuff is being done by companies. Yeah, and you've got to. You've always got to remember, as you said, companies aren't people. They are a collection of people, and they're not all necessarily. After the same thing, yeah. I mean, you can. Uh, like we when the company of, we, gets we it. want to assume yeah. that they're all sort of pulling in the same direction, and you know, in an ideal world, you know, they want people to think that they are because that you know that sends the message that, oh, it's all good over here. We're a unified group, big yeah. old family boys. Yeah. And the thing is, but the bigger they're, a company they're is, not. like, yeah, the more the less likely that is to be true. The more people are involved, the less likely is that they all have the same goal yeah. in mind. Like the people who are. Like do genuinely care about the projects that they're working on probably aren't the same people who are suggesting all of the cynical shit. It's just the cynical shit gets in, in some cases, as often as all the genuine stuff does because you know it's it's a big old melting pot, I guess. <sighs> many many cooks. Too many, and, you may say. And sometimes your broth gets fucked. Yeah. Yo. Don't 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 fuck your broth. Don't fuck your broth, kids. Ubisoft cooks, Ubisoft. Ubisoft cooks, Ubisoft. Oh, thanks for getting that stuck in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> so what was the next, the next thing? What's the next thing on the docket? Oh, this. Yes, this thing. This. Speaking what's of the, the worst thing? thing I've seen today. Oh, no. Are there multiple worst things? Where's Elodie uh, gone? You still there, Elodie? Is Elodie dead yeah. again? Oh, yeah. Okay. You aren't here. Yeah. Uh, that was a tiny, tiny little worm on my desk. Oh, that's like, unusual. That's a tiny worm? Uh-huh. That's delightful. Yeah, like, it was just a tiny little thing that was wiggling along, and then I... Like a little caterpillar? Yeah, like a little, little worm. Friend. It was moving like that. Hmm. I, tr- I, I was, like, trying to get it to... I tried to move it with a little sponge thing that I've got, and I think it just kind of flicked off away, and I don't know what happened to it. Well, hopefully You'll it's never see the happy. worm again. Safe, yeah, happy I'm, little worm. Yeah. I'm looking up, and it's probably a moth lava. Oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, little moths. moth lava. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm intimately I, familiar with fucking moth lava. Tragically familiar. I, the I, moths are terrifying. Infuriatingly familiar. I've never seen a moth lava in the house before, but Apparently that's a really common thing, and I've just never noticed one before. They love to be where I live. Oh, I can't fucking get rid of them. So, like a tiny little, tiny little wiggling thing that moves like a caterpillar that crawls along. Little wiggly creatures. They're usually in a cocoon of some sort. When oh, I find this, them, 
This one, this one just went rogue. It's, rogue. it's trying to start a new life elsewhere. <laughs> I don't have to be defined by all this. We need Something an that... off ramp. We need right. Yeah, that was <laughs> the thing that happened. Don't know if that's going anywhere ever. But I mean, it's going honestly, everywhere all it's, the time. I, I feel better talking about this little wormy thing than I do about what's coming up next. Oh no! Oh no! What's that over there? Oh my God! It's Jeff Coldbloom. He was just an ordinary, mild-mannered Jeff Goldblum until a cryogenics experiment went horribly wrong. Now he's come here with his cryogenics-themed weapons to freeze this tangent. Ace to so see that, you. So that we can move on to the next thing on the docket, which is... Stay cool. <laughs> Don't Jeff Goldblum make... isn't something you can... You can't just say... Just cold plume and then just leave it like that's. And yet, and yet, what, what, what you're doing here, Elodie, is you're undermining the thing <laughs> I was trying to. What I should have done was had the docket in front of me. Um, but yeah, did you want to introduce this, Elodie? Since you did, I believe, come up with the idea. Yes, this was an idea I came up with for a fun little segment. We talked recently about how Bungie has gone independent from. Activision, and they're going to be doing the next Destiny on their own. And I had the idea of talking about which currently subsidiary to AAA companies, publishers, studio would you like to see go indie? That's it's an interesting question. Um, I have you... I have got an answer for this. I thought oh, about yeah? it. Well, you go first then, because I kind of need a moment then. for mine. Uh, the one I would like to see is Creative Assembly. Ooh, okay. Because they used to be an independent studio when they started making the Total War series. Hmm. Uh, but then they got bought up by Sega. Uh, currently uh... they're a, they're a Sega subsidiary, but they've done some they've done some really good stuff. Not just Total War. They did Alien Isolation. They did Halo Wars Two. They kind of shopped around and done things for a lot of franchises and stuff. And everything they've done has been really high quality. And I I feel like they've got so much creative potential. And, and they're called Creative Assembly, yes. Yeah. But I feel like they could, um, they could make some even more impressive stuff if they weren't bound by corporate interests. That's that's kind of the one I've I've been thinking about most. Was there something specific that kind of put you in mind of what they might do that's interesting? Uh, what it was is that Halo Wars 2 has microtransactions. That's kind of what made me think about yeah. it. Oh, yeah, that would do that. <laughs> that like, that would make I me love... consider the concept, just games I like being ruined. Yeah, I really like that game. And it's it's Microsoft and Sega and Creative Assembly and all that. Yeah. But, like, without the... Even without the Hitler license, like you got Total War and stuff, which is a series that has become increasingly, well, let's say it's been very DLC heavy, very paid DLC heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Where before everything was either in it or you'd just constantly get free updates. Like just recently, they they just released the uh, the new Skaven Lizard Men pack thing which just has two new heroes to play as and it costs you a bit of money but then you've also got a few other ones just for warhammer you've got like 
four other ones that just have a couple of heroes, and then entire factions that you have to pay for as well. Uh, and it mounts up to a lot of money, and somehow I don't think that if they were doing this independently, they would charge nearly as much for all of these things that would have just been normal updates in the past. Mm-hmm. Or even just, like, big paid expansions that have been just kind of divvied up into uh, expensive mm. bits and pieces. And I don't know if it has a season pass, but it probably does. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's where my head's been at. I this this question was actually kind of a tough one for me because I've been trying to think of like a developer whose games I have like consistently played and enjoyed, and honestly, it's kind of an even split for me. Like I can't I can't really think of one above all the others. Oh, well, you don't have to just go for one. It was just well, well, I mean, like the honest answer is like. Most of them, yeah. I think, <laughs> like, so, you know, I feel, I feel like I've got to narrow it down would, a bit. Would be better, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did at some point, and like, 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 there's a lot wrong with this answer, but I did at one point think maybe Bioware. Yeah, and I was then like minutes, bring that up. minutes later, I found out they'd done something problematic, and then I can't even, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but like, oh no, they, they, there was some crunch issues. Crunch yeah. issue. That's yeah. what but it was. I remember. At now. the same time, I don't. Bioware like magic. Bioware magic. It's not magic. Obligatory Bioware. There we go. That was that. Everyone was take a shot. That video. Yeah. But yeah, like, and then and then I kind of realised that I've kind of like I'm basing that because Bioware made MDK two, which is a really old game. And quite possibly the most recent Bioware game I've actually played. So like I, I would, uh, I, I, I can't actually MDK qualify too. that. It's such a janky game, but it's really fun. It's so janky, but I, I love it real big in my heart. Yeah, my, I, I'm a big fan of the Dragon Age series. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I what I feel I with Age. Bioware is that the more corporate, the the worse the games have gotten, the more we've heard about these very corporate things. Yeah. Uh, gradually, the games have been going downhill and downhill and downhill, and then we've been hearing about Crunch, and we've been hearing about them just doing cynical garbage like Anthem. I feel like a lot of this stuff wouldn't have happened if they were an, an independent mm. studio. So you're kind of curious how much of that attitude would be walked back if they became independent. I feel like there's a lot of pressure from EA. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how much is their own side of things, but as a developer, they're kind of under the thumb of EA. Mm, very much so. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of difficult to say who's making the decisions in that regard, and it's kind of it's kind of why this question is so interesting because I'm sort of like it'd be interesting to see which what developers change how much. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because what I identify as one of the fundamental design problems of later Bioware games, uh, maybe most noticeably uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, um, although I know I, that seems like low-hanging fruit at this point, but I just think it's a, it's a specific apotheosis of this problem, and I think the issue is that what this demonstrates to me is they are no longer given the time they need to properly develop an idea. Because that was that was something that that Mass Effect had. Mass Effect part, benefited a bit from being the first in a trilogy, 
they had an idea, had a, they had a story written, they had a base concept already in place. All they needed to do was fill in the details. So when Mass Effect turned out to be this sleeper success that no one really saw coming, you know, it, like there, we hadn't really had a sort of lore-heavy sci-fi adventure game like that in a very long time. That they had that level of popular success, and it, 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 I'm not saying entirely unprecedented. It's not really, but it, it was very not expected for the time. So when you then complete that trilogy, and, and the third one had its issues, but I think I actually rem- I actually feel pretty fondly towards that game. Maybe more. Than I, a lot I'm of very other fond yeah. of the game itself. I I am on the the ending is a disappointment side of things, but. I and think... I, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily feel the same way, but I, I think I, that that is something that you, certainly there's conversation to be had about. I think Mass Effect Three was the was, was EA's interference approach trying to test the waters a little bit yeah. because that was when they introduced the uh, the multiplayer elements, yeah. which were not technically optional anymore, and they had lots of lots of resources in the game devoted to that, which no one played because yeah. it was really not very good and kind of bare bones. And then when it became pretty clear uh, that Mass Effect 3 had some review issues, um, EA used that as a pretense to, yeah, kind of like put the thumb down on them very, very hard. And we ended up with Andromeda, which is, um, which, which severely, which, which loses out a lot in terms of the imagination and the creativity. Uh, just generally the level of care that the other Mass yeah. Effect games demonstrated. Which, which makes me worried for the future of Dragon Age as well, because yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Inquisition was kind of in the same position as mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3 mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of being something that still had a lot of that um, creativity to it. Mm-hmm. But you could see the corporate stuff creeping in, especially with the way they did open worlds and stuff. Yeah, was yeah. very it was very uh, MMO-esque, very yeah, big open very, spaces with that much in them sort of situation. Very, very chic to the time, and that's one of the few open worlds that I do at least somewhat. Like, I do have some level of It's the only Dragon from... Age game I never finished. It's too long. I, fin- I actually finished it twice in a row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a reason. It was because I played it on my xbox 360 and then you couldn't do the dlc on it oh yeah Mm. the dlc was too hardware intensive for previous generation consoles what so i played through the entire game again so that i could do the dlc that's that's a thing that has happened then i guess what what happened with that that's weird oh yeah that was a thing apart from one of the the dlcs which you which i did get and play on which one was mm. it? Uh, the the one with the the most boring one, the least story one. Oh, uh, I, quite, I don't remember uh, offhand. <laughs> the the one with like the the you're in like the wilderness and there's the augers and things. And oh, I think I think I know that. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I only remember the augers. That's uh, weird. I'd never heard of that before. That's bizarre. That that one is the only one that you can play on previous generation consoles because it's not. It's just like another environment. It's just another open world. It's not that yeah. much different. The other ones are much more. They're very plot intensive. The mm-hmm. Descent and um, I don't remember the Jaws name. Jaws of Hackon, I think it was called something like that. Oh, Jaws of Hackon. That's the one that you can play on. Yeah. yeah. 
Jaws of Hakon you can play on other stuff. Yeah. Um, but the the big one, the big yeah, the... one that kind of finishes the story, is the yeah, one yeah. that you can't. Is one of the two that you can't play on previous. Those are the most consoles. plot essential as well. I feel like yeah. those are going to be really well, important I, in the next as game. As I say, it finishes the story. The yeah. story is left unfinished in the actual game because again. That game got crunched to shit. They ran out of time on everything, and they had to finish the story elsewhere. That's and sucks. that's kind of and that's kind of what I'm feeling. And I'm yeah. worried that it's going to lead to another Mass Effect Andromeda situation. Mm-hmm. It seems quite where, like, like there's a big risk of that actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Where the issues with the previous game come from EA's invo- involvement. I'm really fucking up my words today. The issues with the game come from EA's involvement, and then EA sees that there's issues and say, "Oh, you're doing a bad. We're going to take over because we're good." I'm EA. Oh God, they've multiplied. <laughs> there's more of previously. Them. It was just electronic art. That's singular. I've got EAs, they're multiplying. And I'm losing EA. Bon. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of... I think Bioware is a studio that I would like to see go independent, if only to see mm. if they uh, return to just being a creative studio and not being crunchy McCrunchface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a grotesque phrase <laughs> um <laughs> i wanted to give a shout out on the on this section to respawn entertainment who are also under the thumb of ea and are mostly known for the titanfall games and titanfall 2 was a really nice game oh they did um they did apex legends didn't they oh i think they did yeah yeah because um, it it respawns apex yeah which as we talked about i think a little bit before in another one of these was the the game where EA just didn't get involved in it at all and it ended up being way better. It wound up propping them up, basically. Yeah, yeah. and he... then EA did get involved afterwards and it's gotten a lot more microtransaction-y and icky since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a it's kind of a case study in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're not under the thumb of EA telling them exactly what to do, they make something good... Yeah. When EA steps in and starts changing things, it gets immediately worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a situation. I think Respawn could do some really interesting things independently. Uh, You've got a situation where EA kind of are a bit like the Eye of Sauron. Like, the only way to be safe is to just not draw attention to yourself. And when a game like Titanfall, which was pretty successful, caught EA's attention, they were like, well, okay. And Titanfall 2 didn't sell all that well. Uh, despite it being generally pretty well received review wise, it put them in a really well. Didn't they put position. it up against like some ridiculously big other title that they yeah. had? It's because EA, pretty clear EA, didn't have any faith in it selling especially well. Um, so they kind of fucked themselves on that. And you got a situation mm-hmm. where they were kind of looking the other way when Apex Legends was made. I think that's yeah. kind of what we're looking at. Like EA weren't paying too much attention to it. They just said, okay, we've got some budget, just toss that in there and let them do whatever. It's not a big deal. It's probably not going to make that much money. Then it became really successful. And now EA are paying attention and they're ruining it. They're fucking it right up. And that's just kind of seems to be what they do. 
Yeah. So I would really like Respawn to be independent, I think. Uh, To be honest, any studio currently under EA would be better independent. I think that's generally a a pretty safe statement to make. I think bringing it Respawn is good because I think it really does just show off exactly what the issue is here. Yeah, exactly. And, like, how how corporate intervention affects games. Because we we have a pure example of a game starting off not with that intervention and then getting the intervention. Mm, We can clearly see it happening in real time. And it's like, that's a very micro example, whereas things like uh, the Mass Effect and Dragon Age series are a macro example where over time EAs become more and more heavily involved with shaping how the product ends and it's, up it's behind the scenes enough where you have to speculate yeah. a little bit on exactly how, how involved they were and what parts were due to their involvement mm. yeah yeah can you imagine if Sonic Team went indie <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine if incredible. they were just somehow like you know what we're taking this <laughs> and then just did it, just got away with it somehow. I, I guess that's kind of what um, Mighty I, Number 9 was kind of, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Like, I think we're sort of seeing, we've already seen that idea play out. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm, I'm imagining like a situation where for some reason Sega can't stop them. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> like, like... Some like that episode of Bojack Horseman where Todd makes his own Disney World, and it turns <laughs> out that they'd filed the copyright for a, like but Disney World, but it had a typo in it, so he was legally allowed to do it. <laughs> um, like that, oh, but uh, hedgehogs. Patreon.com slash of horse. Oh, yeah, check out of horse. Great, great Bojack Horseman fan We talked about that episode. About that episode. Yeah, you've, we have. You've gotten to that. Yeah, we've gotten past that. We just did the. I, I thought just... you meant for, for a moment. I thought you meant we talked about it on this show. No. <laughs> so I was really confused because we hadn't. Oh wow! I just I just looked on the Patreon because I talked about that, and we're up to one hundred and sixty-four dollars a month now. That's some money. Oh, nice. I yeah. 32 Get your patrons. cash there. I have... Do it and do it. Yeah, if you give enough money. If people give enough money, I can finally at least lower the hours I'm working at my god awful job. So like, mm. there's that. And if you just like me, I've also got Patreon.com/slash Elodie Cunningham, and this is completely apropos to the previous conversation. But I really would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> there's also Patreon.com/slash. Well, Indie Haven's got one as well. Just Google it. I don't remember what it's called at the moment, but I will look it up while we're recording and talk about it at the end. I am, I'm currently in the process of revamping it along with everything else. I just, again, as I say, (laughs) I don't have much time because of my god awful job. There's plenty of Elodie related places to put your money, people. There's no excuse. You've got tons of options. Do it. Get this good Elodie content now. Uh, Gungans don't the, pay for themselves. It's the Indie Haven editorial stuff. Uh, we did previously have $7 a month, but we're currently on $2 a month. Uh, one interesting thing about that is that it was $25 a month was when we were originally, we pledged to remove all adverts. So I, I'm going to look into how we set that up again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to get the site running and being able to 
have some money to give to people who work at the site, I think would be yeah. a good way of doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it would give people, people could devote more time to, uh, yeah. to keeping it going, yeah. Hmm. So just to sort of round off that topic, like, honestly, do you know what my honest answer to the question of who would you like to see go indie is? All of them? Ninja Theory. Are they already in the... <laughs> oh, yeah. If there, if there no. was a universe where they had just taken the money and ran, like, oh. I, I just... I want, oh. I want to move to that timeline, because... Do you not remember this? Mm, remain They me. were indie. Oh, were I don't... Oh, sorry. I briefly. Do. I do. I do remember. Sorry. And then... <laughs> And then Microsoft yeah. brought them up. I remember. Vaguely. I, I just... Oh, God. They were so onto something, though. Yeah. Like, that game... Like, Senua's Sacrifice was... So fucking interesting for so many reasons. And I just worry that they're just not going to get the opportunity to do something like that again. They're probably going to do good work. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure that they're still capable of doing good work under Microsoft, but I don't know that they'd be able to get something so conceptually fascinating. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what we've been saying, is like, these studios are going to be able to do good work, but the more the publishers get involved, the less good their work will be. It's all going to be perfectly serviceable, but I'm going to be done talking about it as soon as the next thing comes out. Well, that's just it. Yeah, you can play it and think, yeah, that was a pretty good game, and then move on. Yeah. Because there's nothing remarkable about it. There's nothing that sticks in your mind. Like, that's that's actually why I went with the name worth mentioning from a video series, is because, like, I feel like there is a difference between something being worth talking about and something just being good. Right. So that's, that's, that's all well and good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, actual mm-hmm. talking about things that are real. Talking it's about time... video games. <laughs> it's time to talk now about things that... Things the, talk. The... Things talk. No, wow. no, don't do it. Don't things do talk. it. Wow. The, t- the Tim Curry time rift is going to open and we'll all get sucked in and you'll it's regret your actions. Yeah, that'd be an it's his birthday. birthday. Him, like that. It's, so, so it's twice as likely. I You're courting Curry, disaster. I bet, I, I bet Tim Curry's face on Molog's body would look great. <laughs> Can you make I'm, it happen? I'm, in, I'm insulted that they didn't, to be quite <laughs> frank. But there we go. You've uh, seen my skills with Photoshop, or should I say MS Paint. I can't, <laughs> I can't do something okay, like that. It's not about being able to do it. It's about just making the attempt. The gesture towards it will be magical enough. It's the thought that counts. <laughs> exactly. Did you did you guys at all see the picture I did for the last bonus episode of Of Horse? I didn't oh, I didn't see that. that. No. I mean, I put it into the chat, and I I know that I said I was tired and wanted to <laughs> finish up quickly, but I think this is important. It's enough. horse pictures. It's fine. It's really important uh, that we see this. Yeah. Yeah. The main reason is that I put Conrad's face onto Danny DeVito and another picture of Danny <laughs> DeVito onto Dennis. Oh yes, that's good. I also like it's the, the... always horse. <laughs> it's always horse in Philadelphia. Uh, I also like ET as the cat. It's kind of it worked too well. And I oh, that's like a, I was wondering what that was. That's a nice touch. Yeah, it looked yeah. like just a shoe in a fajita. Uh, my favorite, my favorite line I said in that recording was that ET looks like a foreskin turned into a beast. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's a very good way of putting it. Uh, so deep thoughts. 
Deep thoughts, deep thoughts, deep thoughts, deep thoughts, deep thoughts, deep thoughts, deep thoughts. Right. So I've been thinking about Big Ben, right? Oh, okay. The biggest Ben. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that they've not been honest with us about what's going on up there. Oh, okay. What do you think they're lying about? Is it not just some bells being rung? I, I don't think it's just those... some bells being rung at all. I imagine Elodie. by those fun monks from that advert from years ago that I don't remember what it was advertising, but there were those monks who like were doing the bells and then they were all jumping up and down and playing cool funky I songs. Re- I remember that advert. I don't remember what it's for either. Such yeah. is the folly of advertising <laughs> that you remember everything that happens, but no recollection of what the product was. Yeah, because the product's rarely even slightly related. <laughs> yeah, particularly if the advert's for LucasAid. They could. They just mm. put up whatever. It's hilarious. Or if you wanted to go for the classic, there's the gorilla playing the drums for oh, Cadbury's. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I only that remember that's Cadbury's because few... it's so well known to be a Cadbury's advert. But like, if I, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's one of the yeah. few ads that uh, people genuinely remember. <laughs> you have to go into it already knowing. Yeah, the color scheme. I think is how they do it. Yeah, that, but that anyway, none of this is what's perfect. happening yeah, up on Big yeah. Ben. <laughs> yeah, is the okay. important thing. Yeah, that's I big, reckon that I reckon there's a mad scientist up there getting into hijinks every week. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's not just it's not just those fun jumpy monks. Not just fun jumpy monks at all. He's getting up to mad science in there, and then occasionally he looks out the window. I assume there's windows. He looks out the window of Big Ben. And I imagine that there's just like a like a trap door in the face of the clock that he just opens out and then leans out of it and goes. Ooh! <laughs> to let us all know that he's doing mad science, but we don't know. Well, but he flaunts he's too high up. it. He flaunts that he's too high up. It's a clock. We can't really, hear we really hear. high up in the sky. Yeah, it's high time, Martin. Yeah, but what's <sighs> it high time for? What science? Is this mad scientist doing up there, and should we be concerned about it? Because it is, after all, mad science, and that rarely ends well. Well, yeah, he's doing the things that mad science usually do, you know, like... Yeah, transgressing, the ag- yeah, exactly. transgressing against God's domain. You know, hubris, quotes, breaking the laws hubris, of nature, spitting in God's Hubris eyes, science kind of is what he's getting up to up there. It's just pure hubris, that's all it is. It's hubris science. Like hubris. Dis- he's distilling hubris in his big clock tower. <laughs> And the jumpy monks do nothing. They might even they actively just, participate. I'm not. I'm not saying they might that do. We it, don't know. We've got to determine this. The, I'm not saying the they definitely monks. are, but maybe it's something worth thinking about. It's fair to speculate. Exactly. The jumpy monks have been corrupted by the dark powers. The jumpy monks. It's fair to say that the jumpy monks are at the very least enabling this. Have they been tempted just, to give up their holy, uh, their holy vows by with the promise? It's just. It's just this sort magic? of. Fuck you, got mine attitude. As long as we can jump up and down on our big ropes ringing a bell, you can distill hubris all you want, sunshine. Well, no more. We are going to determine what is going up there. Up there? Up on there. On up there. <laughs> all of this and more will be determined. Oh, hello. Because I have, I have contracted oh, a daring adventurer. Oh, hello, you know who I am. Oh, for Oh, I'm one of the anal phantom. You've got me with an existing character from the yeah. Indie Haven podcast show, yeah, what we're doing right now. Yeah, up here. You made a reference to that. 
Even We've got no accident. time for you, anal phantom, because I'm about to introduce a new character. Oh, shit. Ah, I've been scared of by a dog. I'm leaving because I'm scared of dogs. That's canon. Oh, well, there's a mess. That's canon now. They're scared of dogs now, yeah. Thank God Zero saved the day. At last, his yelling has a purpose. So to determine what's going on up there, I have contracted a daring adventurer to go on a perilous quest into the mad scientist's laboratory slash Big Ben. Oh, is it someone I know? Uh, well, I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. Come in. It's fun how we spend most of this podcast just letting someone introduce himself. It is, well, it, it, it'd be rude not to, because yeah, we've you, got so many people. Yeah, yeah. you have to, you have, they anyway, have to know who's continue, on the other end. Continue with your introduction. Hello there. I'm Rockefeller Cornglave, daring adventurer extraordinaire. And I'm here to help you get to the bottom of what's going on by getting to the top of Big Ben. <laughs> uh, do you have any alcohol? I hate you. <laughs> well, then, I shall see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, now find out the thing for us. I just, I just kind of don't want to interact with you anymore. Yeah, you think of yourself as an employee, not a friend. Yeah. There, there goes a man who will definitely be heard from again. Well, that's I a hope not. I don't anticipate anything going wrong with this expedition. Ah, uh, yeah, well, it'll be fine. I would hope it does. What could Elodie? What could possibly? Go Maybe he gets wrong. jumped on by a jumpy monk. Oh yeah, are they there to defend the... the mad scientist? Is that what they're for? He's he's faced these kinds of perils before. Such is the folly of jumpy monks. Rockefeller Cornglave has faced many a jumpy challenge. Are you still here? Get out! Right, you you've made your exit already. You can't come back in. I'm, I'm one of everywhere. the Skaven. Yes, yes. I'm here I'm again. I'm technically omnipresent. That's a feature of my character. I'm, I've, I've arrived. I'm a new Skaven from the oh, Indie no. Skaven podcast. I'm here too. Hello, Indie Skaven from the Indie Skaven podcast. I'm Rockefeller Cornglave. My name is Skrook Boopa. Do you Boopa, have any alcohol? Yes. Okay, we need to get these people out of it because this is this is getting untenable now. I feel like the health inspector is going to have words with us. All these rats coming in here. Blah, all the time. Blah, blah. I'm the health inspector. You just mentioned a new person, so I'm here now. These people have got to leave. Blah 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 blah. And well, the cars. <laughs> Well, now we've got to get someone. We now, we now, we had to get David Kaja in to get rid of the health inspector. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly situation happening. It's untenable. We've got oh, to no, wait. Who's this oh no, no, who's this no, 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 wait, in wait. To talk about the David Kaja situation. It's me, Igarashi. <laughs> no, this is exactly what I wanted to prevent. <laughs> no. Oh, but look, who's this? Oh my God, no! It's Jeff Goldblum. He was just an ordinary mild-mannered Jeff Goldblum until a smelting accident went horribly wrong. Now he's made of gold, and I realise it's confusing because his name's basically the same, but I had to come up with this quite last minute. I wasn't expecting to have to break out another one of these until at least the next episode, but this is getting ridiculous now. So he's turned everyone into gold and fucked off. Is this or we ran out of ideas, or has there been a writer's strike and there's a clip show episode? This is This is... A problem. And I don't feel like I need to qualify that in any way, because I feel like people get it by now. 
Did somebody call for a warlord? Nobody did. I escaped from live jasmine just to help you. That's very... The, the I'm very sexually resolved. charged now. Ha! I'm the warlord. <laughs> this is <laughs> not... That's not the kind of intervention you want. So that's been Josh's deep thoughts. The warlord! <laughs> no! <laughs> no warlords. Get out. So, does anyone have a recommendation? Because I have one and it's a non-standard indie game. Do you oh, okay. I've, I've, you can go first. Yeah, you go first. So my indie game recommendation is the video on YouTube. Um, oh. It's the video by the YouTuber Quentin Reviews. All-star, but Quentin Reviews B-movie characters for three hours. The aforementioned YouTuber Quentin... Uh, Every time the word yes, uh, not the word yes, every time the word the and the word star are said in the song All Star, it cuts to a review of a B-movie character that perfectly mirrors one of Quinton's already released reviews. (laughs) And to make this even more incredible, He's recorded all these at the same time as the original reviews, so he's been doing what? these for two years. That's and amazing. just released them as a three-hour April 1st video this year. Wow. And you can tell this because he looks exactly the same to how he does in the video of his that he's parodying in each one of them. So you can see the progression of how he looked over the two-year period That's while he's incredible. reviewing B-movie characters. For three hours and 25 minutes. Well, I have this one up on my desktop, on my laptop right now, and I'm going to be watching it later. It's incredible. <laughs> you also kind of get to watch um, watch his gradual uh, momentum, momentum from vaguely edgy to uh, very bread. I, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy watching that progress. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, at the moment he's he's um, very fuck Nazis and stuff on Twitter. He's very much mm. become part of the community of people who actually give a shit about things like that. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a good lad. Yeah, he's good. Um, and weird thing is that very early videos in this one have even got things like a a voice provided by Chris Reagan of all people. Oh, no. Yeah, and I think that that just kind of shows what's going on here, because Quinton now would never have done that. Yeah, especially given Chris's more recent behaviours. Yeah, he's been doing these for... He's been doing these for two years. That's amazing. He's been making two full videos... Each time he's been done a video for two years. And that's why it's my indie game recommendation. Because I just think it's a bafflingly incredible concept. And he's pulled it off very well. Yeah. Okay, that deserves a mention at the very least. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, and it's that, a great indie that game. That needs to be talked about. Brilliant indie game. 10 out of 10 review points. <laughs> 10 stars out of 5. There we go. Yeah, that seems impossible. Don't question it. No, it's it's just good enough that it breaks the system. Uh, yeah. He repeatedly rates things six out of ten in the video, so we'll go with that. He'll, he'll we like, he'll the, like then, given... that, then that's a fun reference, and it's yeah. endearing. Yeah, yeah it's I like fun. that. People like those and those in jokes that they can connect with and feel like they're friends. 
It yeah. makes them feel like they're a part of the proceedings. Parasocial we all, we relationship. all want to feel like that. Yeah. I. Oh, sorry. I Speaking just, uh... of which. No, sorry. I just, I just <laughs> oh. was kind of vaguely scrolling Twitter in the background as I often do when I'm recording, and yeah. a video appeared where Big Bird breaks a door off and stands ominously like the door like falls into the room broken off the hinges yeah. and there's big bird standing on the other side looking very <laughs> ominous <laughs> yeah that's about where i am yeah yeah from the child show where they have the counting and the colors and things that's yeah yeah ominous. i've got an indie ominous. game recommendation okay. oh yeah go ahead is it the, is it sesame street it's not a Sesame Street one. It does involve a fun little floofy friend. Oh, that's Ooh. fun. Uh, because, now, I had forgotten this game's name, like, every time I had heard it was a thing, but it would seem Ghost of a Tale came out on PS4 quite recently. I don't know. Like, I, I'm enjoying it, but, like, I, I like being a little floofy scurry boy running around. Like, it's also not something that I've got particularly much to say about. So, like, it's a, it's a weird one to try and recommend. Like, I have more nuanced and complex thoughts about the Venom movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, can like, you tell that's... us a little bit, but what kind of game is it? What is uh for the people Well, you're, you're, you're this little uh, mouse friend. You're a bard. Did you say um, what the, the game's called? Because I don't, I don't Ghost of a Tale. Okay, you never said that. It, I did. It, no, uh, did. Discord oh. may have <laughs> okay. decided to omit that detail. It's been doing some fun goofs yeah. today. This is the fun thing, is that Discord is shit, but at the same time, so is Facebook, which I use for other podcasts, yeah. and so is mm. Skype, which I've used for other podcasts as well. It's mm. almost as if, if everything just stays fucked forever, nothing has to improve, because what's the alternative? Yeah, I think people just kind of accept that Discord is the best of a bad bunch right now <laughs> yeah that's not really but anyway, so the much. point the point of the game is you are the little the little mousy squeak friend and you've been arrested by a rat baron oh no there, there's an oppressive rat regime that has arrested you because your wife didn't want to sing a song yes yes basically and so you've got to break out of prison find your wife and then, I guess, do something after that. I'm not particularly far into the game. I've, it's something I've sort of been playing in short bursts. Because it's kind of... I don't know, because it's not even like the environments are particularly big, but you've got, like, there's a limited amount you can do. Because, like, like it, you can't attack anything, really. You can trip them up with fun devices and distract them, but it's a stealth game. Like, you've got to stealth your way past the guards and make sure they don't bonk you on the head with their big halberds, what they've got. How okay. much, like, Skaven do they look? Uh, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> Have you Pop seen what the Skaven Storm Vermin look like? I can't when remember off the top of my head. When you're saying uh, big halberds, let me just... Let me you just keep, see. You keep coming an inch away from invoking things talk. We said it was going to be a rare show. <laughs> you can't keep showing me things I'm going to have to comment on them And we're going to need a podcast That will be an outlet for that to happen All okay. I'll say is from what I remember of the Skaven are, are, there, are there hind legs Upon which they stand Like more towards the human end of things Or more rat-like uh, With the Skaven 
sort of in between. Yeah, it varies. Because yeah. like, cause like, Ghost of a Tail is sort of like just if rats walked on hind legs, that's just like it's kind of a ratatouille type thing, except they look evil. I'm Got a bit of a watership down situation going with the eyes. Sent you the uh, picture of the storm vermin because this is what I'm picturing when you say walking rats with big halberds. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it does sound a bit like what he was describing. Shockingly close, actually. <laughs> uh, they look. A, uh, these ones look a bit more sort of ragged and manky than the Skaven. Imagine Because like these these ones have all got nice armor. Yeah, so the storm vermin are kind of the uh, the the less grody versions of yeah. the regular Skaven. So the, so you've you've been arrested by like grody storm vermin. Ah. Uh. Which would be a fantastic name for a character. Arrested by Grody Yeah, and you, you're a little mouse scurrying about. There's a frog. There's a pirate frog who unfortunately is racist. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. That's one thing you got you, you should probably know going into this. There is fantasy racism against mice. And fantasy racism is never good. <sighs> because it always implies that racism is a thing that happens because, you know, the group it's directed at has done something. Yeah. They always want to Because because that's how people react to white folk. And we wanna <sighs> we all wanna believe that oh people don't like us either. It's like, yeah, because you do this shit. You do some bad stuff. Well, Maybe I'll don't say do you, the bad we, stuff. I suppose. Yeah, but like Mousy Fun Time. Ghost of a tale. Play Just it. If you give want. it a try. Sounds fun to me. Give it a time. A time? Fuck it. <laughs> you can hide. You can hide in a barrel of hay, and he pokes, his little, he pokes oh, just... his little snoot out and sniffs around real good. I like that. It's a real good game. What's his name? Tilo. Tilo. His name is Tilo, and he's a floofy little scritch boy. I have a recommendation. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, oh. I have one. Place to I say have it. One. Okay. Uh, I have recently been getting really into playing old point click adventure games again. I used to play them a lot when I was a kid, and I kind of fell off them, and recently I've been getting back into them again. And I specifically got back into it because I took a chance on a little indie game called The Blackwell Legacy. Yeah, it's a, it's a little older now. Um, let's see if if you change your days. mind, I'm a first I've been thinking that the entire time, and I've tried so <laughs> hard to stop myself. I'm glad someone else went now, there first. Now, see, this is my role in the podcast, is just to do the disruptive thing. You you say <laughs> what I'm thinking, so yeah. I don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah which I, I also double up as the host of the podcast, so I, yeah. I don't know what this energy is, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just self-sabotage weirdly. I feel like it, I feel like it works for us. It's a good dynamic. But uh, yeah, this the, the first game in the series, the five-part series now, it first came out uh, in 2012, I'm going to say, I think, from what I can find. may have been a little earlier. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's very much a throwback. It was originally, the first one was produced by a one-person team, uh, one Dave Gilbert. And... Uh, yeah, the the studio called Wadjet Eye Games, which is not the most intuitive name, uh, but if you look up the Blackwell Legacy, you should be able to find it, um, and you can buy all you can all buy direct through their site, which I always appreciate because Steam is awful. Hmm. 
Uh, yeah, but um, it's a point-and-click adventure game in the old-school style. It does some nice, interesting things with the UI, where you collect, where part of the gameplay is that you collect clues and have to combine them in your notes book to unlock more clues, and then this opens more conversation questions, and it's really nicely designed. It has a very sort of old-style pixelated look to it, but it's very charming, and it plays with that really nicely. The animations are always very lovely. Uh, the the voice acting in the first game is a little ropey in places, but the writing is quite nice, and it gives the characters a kind of a lot of personality, which I really like. So, highly recommended that one if you're feeling uh, a bit nostalgic for those games. The series is finished now; it's five part series, and this they're all quite intimately connected. So you should play them in order if you do. As a rule, uh, generally speaking, Wadjet Eye is doing some really interesting stuff with uh, old school adventure games. So check out the rest of their catalog as well; it's worth a look. Mm-hmm. I get. I guess this is the end of the show then. Yeah, yeah like, I guess it's it. the end. Of, yeah, we we uh, did it. Another say, one. Say, Josh, say your th- things. Some lots of things. <laughs> say your things. Say where we can. You, find you. you can on Twitter uh, <laughs> at No Crows. No here. Crows here. Abominable Showman on on YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, and there's good videos there. You can watch them. Watch them there with mm, your fun yeah. pals if you want them. I'm really tired as well so, now. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll just wrap this up then. Uh, you yeah, can f- this may find me on Twitter as well. Fry Fryburger. F R I E F R I E B U R G E R. The Saint of the Most Improved. Uh, yeah, I post my stuff there. I like all of Elodie's tweets, etc. Uh, yeah, so Elodie, where can we find you? Find me on Off Horse Podcast and also this podcast and also YouTube. And things talk. Slash and Off Things Talk Well at Things Talk Well and also at Kimmy Wells on Twitter. We have so much. Wow. Uh, yeah, I try my best to get by uh, day by day. Okay, so goodbye so, all. Yeah. Ellie yeah, needs yeah, to yeah, sleep. Yeah. Some advice, advice, quick advice. Just, just to close us out, I, I've not got the energy, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with another uh, one generated by predictive text. Okay, that's good. Like it, like it, like it. So like here it. we go. We will see it on a Saturday afternoon to you, but the only way you want a relationship, and you know the game is the most recent version, and the rest is history. Indeed. 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 Hey. Goodbye. Thanks so proud. for listening to Podhaven. Oh, I, I, I've got to go for a sec. I'm being phoned. Sure. Okay. Should we just we'll keep recording and we'll clap when you get yeah. back? Or, yeah. yeah. Let's do the good old times. I feel like I'm, this is the third podcast in a row now that's had a sort of section in the middle of it. Well, I'm one of the hosts. Has it been Elodie every time? <laughs> we need intermission set up specifically for this. Just the podcast intermission where Elodie gets called away. I have to add that to the docket. Just have a, yeah. like a ten minute intermission somewhere. A, a scheduled part of the podcast where Elodie has to be given a reason to... She can't just leave. Some, something external has to prompt her to leave.
Yeah, yeah. There has to be like some. We can't be lazy about this. We got yeah from this from this art that we're creating. You got to time it just right. It has to be perfect. It all has to be perfect, or we'll never forgive ourselves later. We'll look back on it and think that wasn't perfect, and I'm sad about it now. I'm I'm Josh or Martin in the future. Um, that is what well, we will say. So, so it's... I thought that's what you were going to say. Are you stealing my identity in the future? <laughs> I, like, I might. I, I'm, I'm not even like claiming to be you. I'm just like, well, I might be. Well, you don't know. Maybe we become fused into one person at some point in the future. We might have done it. Might, the world might be Dragon Ball by then. We don't. Well, who know. knows? You know, it can happen. I've heard of it happening. It's not unheard of. Oh no! The plastic is the plastic holding barely holding my headphones together is jabbing into my skull. The skull is a bad place to get jabbed. Yeah, you generally don't want jabbed as a rule, but the skull is a particularly bad place. Yeah, like that that's where the big old uh, important bit lives. Yeah, if I didn't have want. that, I wouldn't be able to create this wonderful piece. And my voice yeah. would be, like, not nearly as nice. <laughs> All these things and more are the benefits <laughs> of the skull. Skulls, try yours what today. Well, wow. we're selling people skulls. Okay. Yeah. So, like, mine is going to be jabbed. So, if you uh, you can sell me a new one, I would appreciate Skull that. Skull marketing. <laughs>